0: If I had to eat one more bite of manna, I'm going to throw up. You guys, I am super excited about this episode today. Not only is it our 10th episode, but I am going to do something special that we have never done before on the Family Bible Connection. So stay tuned. Welcome to episode 10 of the Family Bible Connection podcast with Laurie Christine. Hey mama, do you feel inadequate to teach your kids about God? Do they have questions about the Bible that you don't know how to answer? Do you want to have family devotions, but you're just not sure where to start? You're in the right place. Welcome to the Family Bible Connection, a community of moms who desperately need Jesus for every step of our parenting journey. We want our kids to know the Bible and grow in their love for God and others. We want to prepare our kids to go into the world as passionate followers of Jesus. I'm your host, Laurie Christine. Through devotional resources, family routines, and Bible study, I will teach you how to create a Christ-centered culture in your home. Okay, so I promised something extra special for today. During the month of November, we are talking about contentment. If you missed the first episode in the series, be sure to go back and listen to episode nine, where we discuss the root of discontentment and some practical ways that you can teach your kids to be more thankful. Some of you may know, and some of you may not, that I write devotional Bible stories for families. I have combined my passion for children's books with my passion for the Bible by creating these stories. And they're all based on true events in the Bible, but some of the people are fictional characters. And I have several of these stories available on my website, but today I am going to read one of them to you. In this story, 10-year-old Ephraim and his family have been traveling in the desert for weeks, and he is sick and tired of eating manna every day. After his mom reminds him of all the ways that God has blessed their family in taken care of him, Ephraim realizes the importance of being content with what God has given him. The story is based on the account of the Israelites wandering in the desert that you can find in the book of Exodus. Feel free to play this episode later with your kids during your family devotion time, or if you would prefer to read the story yourself, you can download your own free copy of the ebook on my website. Go to familybibleconnection.com. At the end of the story, I have included some discussion questions that you can use to dig a little bit deeper into the story. So without further ado, here is Grumbling in the Desert, a story about contentment. Kids, have you ever been so excited to get a new toy for Christmas, but once you've played with it for a few days, it doesn't seem so exciting anymore? Or have you been looking forward to downloading the latest video game, but then you beat all the levels in one day and it's not so fun anymore? Or maybe you've been wanting to save up to buy a new Nerf gun, but then you found out that your neighbor just bought one that was twice as big. All of these situations have to do with contentment. Contentment means being happy and satisfied with what you have and with who God made you to be without always wanting something more or bigger or better. Did you know that the Bible has a lot to say about contentment? Let's listen to a story about a little boy named Ephraim who had to learn a lesson about being content. Manna, manna, manna. All we ever get to eat is manna. If I had to eat one more bite of manna cake, or manna bread, or manna pudding, or manna mash, or manna hash, I think I might just whack myself in the head with a big stick. My name is Ephraim, by the way. Seriously, a 10-year-old kid cannot live on this stuff. I'm a growing boy, for goodness sake. What is manna, you ask? Well, that's just what we said the first time we saw it, too. Manna? What is it? We don't really know what it is. Food from heaven, my mom calls it. Every morning, when I step out of my family's tent, the sandy ground is covered with a blanket of white lacy flakes. It looks kind of like seeds, and it tastes a little bit like honey crackers. We have to collect the manna every morning, right when the sun comes up. But we can only collect enough for one day and no more. One time, I tried to sneak an extra pocketful of manna into our tent. I dug a hole in the dirt and hid it under my sleeping mat. That way, I wouldn't have to get up so early the next morning, and I could eat breakfast in my bed. Great idea, right? The next morning, though, when I pulled up my mat, the manna was covered with creepy, slimy, wormy things. Ugh! I slapped my hand over my mouth trying to keep the manna mash that I had eaten the night before from exploding out of my stomach. Needless to say, I never tried to take extra manna ever again. So did I mention that I am sick and tired of eating manna? I mean, it was okay at first, kinda cool that this stuff just appeared out of nowhere every morning, but after eating it for over a month now, I have had enough. You may be wondering why can't I just go to the market and buy myself some fresh fish to eat or olives or barley cakes? Why doesn't my mother roast a nice goat for my family to eat? Well, it's kind of a long story, but I'll tell you the short version. You see, I was born in the country of Egypt, but I'm actually a descendant of the family of Israel. Over 200 years ago, my great 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 grandfather, Jacob whose name was then changed to Israel, brought his family to Egypt to escape the famine in his homeland of Canaan. The Egyptians didn't like Jacob's family very much. In fact, the Egyptians were kind of afraid of them, so they made them slaves. For hundreds of years, our family worked for the Egyptians, making bricks out of mud and straw to build their pyramids. I won't lie, it was hard work. We would often work for 10 hours a day in the blazing sun without a break. Then one day, this guy Moses just showed up out of nowhere and told us that God had sent him to free us from slavery in Egypt. He did all sorts of crazy magic stuff to prove that God had sent him. Freedom sounded like a pretty good idea at first, but now I'm beginning to have second thoughts. We have been traveling through this hot, smelly desert for weeks. Days upon days of gritty sand between my toes, my tongue sticking to the roof of my mouth, and nasty flies that sting like crazy when they bite you. At least back in Egypt, we had plenty to eat and a house to go home to at night. I did not sign up for this. My mom says that we need to trust that Moses knows what he's doing. You know, honey, God did appoint him to lead us, she says. But I don't buy it. I think we were much better off in Egypt. You should have seen the kinds of foods we got to eat in Egypt. We had fish. Can you believe it? As much fish as we wanted. Oh, man, what I wouldn't give for a tasty piece of grilled catfish right now. Oh, and fruits and vegetables, too. We had cucumbers, melons, leeks, onions, garlic. Man, those were the days. I announced to my mom this morning that I'm ready to go back to Egypt. I don't care about this promised land that everyone keeps talking about, I told her. If it's anything like this desert, I'll take Egypt any day. It wasn't really so bad, was it? Ephraim, my mom said in that voice that meant she was disappointed with me. I don't like to hear you talk like that. God has been so faithful to our people. He promised our ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, that we would one day go back to the land of our forefathers. God has promised to make us into a great nation and that all the people in the world will be blessed through our family. I rolled my eyes. I had heard this talk many times before. It's not that I didn't believe the old stories about Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and Joseph and his brothers. It's just that I didn't really see how the stories had anything to do with me. I'm just hungry, Mama. I whined, wrapping my arms around my growling stomach. If I have to eat any more of this disgusting manna, I might just throw up. Mom put an arm around me. Come and sit down, Ephraim. We need to have a little talk. I hunched my shoulders and reluctantly sat down on my sleeping mat, huffing a big puff of air from my chest. Mom gathered up her robes around her knees and sat down beside me, cross-legged, on the dirt floor. She took my hands in hers, dark and scratchy from years of hard labor in the baking sun. Ephraim, God has been so faithful to us. Have you already forgotten what he has done for our people just since we left Egypt? I let out another deep sigh and scrunched up my forehead. Yeah, I guess God had done a lot of pretty cool things for us lately. Mom continued, Do you remember when Moses first showed up in Egypt, how God turned the Nile River into blood? And how he covered the entire land in darkness? And how he sent frogs and locusts and gnats and flies to destroy the crops and livestock of the Egyptians? I shuddered, remembering the time I had accidentally stepped on a dead frog in my bare feet. Oh yeah, I remember those days. Mom continued. Through all of those signs, God showed us that he is the one true God. Pharaoh tried to have his magicians duplicate the miracles, but they failed miserably. Only the most powerful God, the creator God, could do those miraculous things. I slowly nodded my head. Mom was right, as usual. God had done some pretty incredible things to convince Pharaoh to let us go and to keep us safe once we left Egypt, too. Memories started to flash through my mind. Mom, wasn't it so crazy when the Egyptians were chasing us and God made the water in the sea stand up on both sides so we could walk right through the middle? Mom squeezed my hands and smiled. Yes, Ephraim, God has certainly done many miracles for our people. My excitement grew as I remembered the events of that day. And then when the Egyptians tried to cross the sea to come after us, God's in the water crashing back down on top of them all. splash! I punched my fists into the air in a sign of victory. Mom laughed. God has been so faithful to us, hasn't he? He has given us everything we need. Protection from our enemies, food to eat, and water to drink. Remember that time we were so thirsty and God told Moses to hit the rock? Oh yeah, I remember. And a river of water gushed out of the rock. That was so epic. Mom squeezed me tight. I know this manna isn't the greatest food you've ever tasted, but we need to continue trusting that God will provide exactly what we need, right when we need it. Whenever I'm feeling discontent, I try to remember all the wonderful things that God has done for us already and what he has promised to do in the future. Of course, Mom was right again. We did have all we needed. God had freed us from slavery in Egypt. He had defeated our enemies and he had taken care of us day after day, night after night. I wrapped my arms around my mom's waist and laid my head on her shoulder. I breathed deeply and silently said a prayer to God. God, I do want to trust you. Help me to be content with what you have given me. Help me to remember all the good things you have done for me. Thank you for saving us from the Egyptians and for giving us food to eat. Thank you that you have promised to bless our family and use us to be a blessing to the whole world. I craned my head back and looked up into mom's deep brown eyes. I can't wait to help you collect the manna tomorrow morning. Can we have manna pancakes for breakfast? Mom laughed. Of course, Ephraim. That is an excellent idea. Here are some discussion questions that you are welcome to talk about with your kids. Feel free to pause the recording so that you can discuss the questions. Question one. Why was Ephraim feeling discontent? Question two. Ephraim wanted to go back to Egypt. Do you think he would be happy if he went back to live in Egypt? Why or why not? Question three. How did Ephraim's mom encourage him when he was feeling discontent? What did she help him to remember? Question four, talk about a time recently when you felt discontent. How did you respond? Question five, when Ephraim was feeling discontent, his mom helped him to remember all the things God had done for their people. When you are struggling to be content or when you feel like grumbling and complaining, make a list of things you are thankful for and praise God for all he has done for you. I'm going to close our episode today in prayer, and this is the same prayer that Ephraim prayed, but I have changed the wording a little bit to make it personal for you. God, I do want to trust you. Help me to be content with what you have given me. Help me to remember all the good things that you have done for me. Thank you for sending Jesus to save us from sin and to give us new life. I know that you have blessed me so that I can be a blessing to others. Give me a heart of contentment and gratefulness. Amen. Now, I have a few free resources for you guys today. I mentioned this in our last episode, but for the month of November, I have a collection of 12 printable Bible verse cards that are all about thankfulness and contentment. These cards are a great way to start off your day and fill your hearts with gratitude for what God has done for you. Each card has a scripture passage as well as an image that goes along with the verse. And you can print out the cards or you can save them to your phone or iPad and then read them with your kids each day. And I would also love for you to have a copy of the ebook, Grumbling in the Desert. If you would like a copy of the story that I just read to you guys, go to familybibleconnection.com and click on the link for today's episode, which is entitled No More Grumbling, and there will be a link for you to download your free copy of the story. Thank you so much for joining me for episode 10 of the Family Bible Connection with Laurie Christine, where together as moms, we will cling tightly to Jesus as we create a Christ-centered culture in our home. If you found value in this episode, I would love for you to subscribe to the show, leave a written review in iTunes, and then share this episode with a friend. If you would like to read a blog version of this episode or download free resources to help you create a Christ-centered culture in your home, go to familybibleconnection.com.